0: and with some gusto he is risen he is risen, indeed. he is risen indeed absolutely so you've all taken your seats we're about to share some communion um, and if you haven't if you didn't pick up a communion pack someone please put up your hand and someone will bring it to you so we're here on Resurrection Sunday and we're about to share communion. But what does resurrection life look like? David and I grew up in a type of church which didn't follow Jesus. I hadn't really wanted to name it here because I really just want this to be all about Jesus, but for the sake of understanding, the church was called Christian Science. Jesus' death... Jesus' blood, Jesus' sacrifice was scoffed at, laughed about with the Christian science young people that I mixed with. I first met David, Easter, 1982 and it was at a Christian science youth camp. Neither of us were Christians. By that next year, Australia Day long weekend 1983 I met Jesus I'm really showing my age here but never mind (laughs) my eyes were opened I finally understood what all those Christians had been talking about I saw the Easter miracle I'd been dead spiritually and Jesus breathed his life on me and I became alive for the first time within weeks I met this cute guy again Easter this time 1983 David wasn't a Christian and he wasn't interested in becoming one (laughs) I know many of you wouldn't believe that but it's true (laughs) but you know him he was nice he had soft brown eyes he had cute tennis shorts (laughs) we had a lot in common and we dated for about a year was just a new Christian I was learning my way but God revealed over time that as a Christian I couldn't be joined together with someone who didn't believe and by Easter 1984 I was almost certain that I had to break off this relationship I was almost certain almost Easter 1984 I went with David To the Christian Science Church in Brisbane. There was no life there, there was no Jesus. I could almost smell the death dwelling in that place. It was like when the angels asked Mary at the empty tomb, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, He is risen. moment right then. I knew I had no choice. There was no choice. I had to choose Jesus. And I lay down in my heart on the altar this man who I loved. Now, I don't know what our story would have been had we tried to make it without Jesus in our lives. I suspect not good. I do know for certain that choice That victory was a building block, a foundation that gave the enabling to meet other life challenges. What does resurrection life look like? Easter, 1986. I think that was David's first Easter as a Christian. I wasn't really around then. But he got miraculously saved. The man I knew with no desire for God transitioned to a man who wanted to talk about nothing else. The tears that you see are not raw emotion, but they are Holy Spirit anointing, evident from the very time that David was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The tears come. What does resurrection life look like? Easter 1991. Our firstborn son, just home from hospital, having almost died at birth. The worst case the paediatrician had seen in four years. He was home by that Easter, completely well. What does resurrection life look like? Easter, 1996. Our whole family in a huge car accident, so horrific it made the news. David and our daughter were fine, I was injured, but it was our firstborn son who bore the main impact son was again returned to us whole. What does resurrection life look like? I don't have time to share all the things that looked like they were dead in our lives, things we'd lost hope for, but things that Jesus breathed upon and they lived again. I know this, I know this, Jesus laid down his life, he completed the work He rose again and as we follow, so he breathes his life on us and his life, it's his life that makes us whole. This is what resurrection life looks like. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this Resurrection Sunday. We remember your body and your blood. We remember the thorns pressed deep the nails searing your hands and your feet. We remember the veil torn in two. We remember you giving us free access to you into the most holy place. We remember the empty tomb. We remember you, our living Lord, our King of kings, and we thank you, Lord. Let's take and eat. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you, Lord. We get to remember you this resurrection Sunday. Lord God, and not just remember you today, but Lord, we thank you that you're infusing our life each and every day with the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Well, welcome to Emerge Church Redcliffe this morning. It's great to have you with us today. And it's fantastic that we're not in lockdown and we're able to be here in person. Woohoo! <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we have to wear these masks, but that's a small price to pay. We're here together. Now, welcome our regular family and welcome if you're new here. Cafe isn't open today, but free teas and coffees and we'd love to have you join us. And a special welcome to my daughter-in-law's to-be's mum and sister. It's wonderful to have you with us here today as our families are joining together. It's great. Yeah, yeah, big (laughs) clap. Now, is there anyone else new here today? Steve from Esperance. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Welcome, Steve and Esther. It's lovely to have you with us as well. Now, we'd love to have have you stay. There's some free teas and coffees. um, Unfortunately, not the real ones, but free teas and coffees. um, And we'd love to have you join with us um, for morning tea after the service. Um, And if you can't stay, you can always find out what's going on at emergechurch.life on Facebook and Instagram. I can say those words. (laughs) Now, I've got a few announcements. Um, something amazing is coming. It's our Emerge Church Amazing Race for Young Adults. It's not a licence to speed, but it's, it's uh, for good times with friends, uh, fun and great prizes. Again, not a licence to speed. But Saturday, 17th of April, 1pm, register at emergechurch.life. And something else amazing is coming. Our amazing Pastor Nina is holding a Holy Spirit Baptism Night, Tuesday the 13th of April, 7.30pm, here at Redcliffe with Pastor Nina. And I expect Pastor David will be here as well. And what too can bring more of the Holy Spirit to people's lives. So don't miss out um, on that one. And again, amazing Pastor Nina. Uh, this is the Pastor Nina show. Um, she doesn't stop there. Pastor Nina is hosting another way for women to connect with each other. And that's Women's Coffee Connect at Redcliffe Coffee Club. That's starting Thursday, the 15th of April. I think this date on the slide is right. No, wrong. All right, I'm a little confused. Let's go with 14th of April. <laughs> Um, Check online for the details 9.30am Coffee and Devotions with Pastor Nina How could you miss out on that? Now, thank you for your always generous giving Uh, You are a generous people And I pray that as you have sown into God's kingdom So you shall reap all the good that he has for you And we've got all the new fan-dangled ways that you can give up on the slide. Uh, Cash or card at the information desk, online at emergechurch.life and text or transfer, thank you, church. Now, I did mention in communion that David wasn't interested in becoming a Christian. Now, that was true at that time. But wow, I can tell you, when he did... When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, you could not hold him down. He was hit with a Holy Spirit passion like no one I know. So let's give a great big warm welcome to Pastor David as he comes to share God's Word.
1: Thank you, Ben. That was awesome. Thank you, Helen. Great to have you all here today. Awesome. I'm going to have to vet Helen's communion i'm going to have to go through them before just to uh just to edit them and uh just take out take out any inappropriate things i think (laughs) talking about tennis shorts and goodness knows whatever else i don't know there you go well here we are resurrection sunday yeah what an awesome day what an awesome day to be in church great to see you all awesome to have you here and Last, last Sunday, we talked about Jesus' words on the cross. And so today, we're just going to focus on one of those words. And the word is, it is finished. Yeah, say that with me. It is finished. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't matter what religion is, is, if it's not a Christian religion, it's all about what you had to do. Whereas a Christian religion is all about what he has done what he has finished and and helen mentioned a bit about our background and living in a non-christian religion is terrible it's just terrible you know um when when you when you practice it to the highest you can imagine or highest you can achieve and it doesn't work you know no one says yeah that's because actually this is a false belief system and it doesn't work everyone says oh it's because you haven't done it well enough you know, you have to put in more effort, or you have to be better, or you have to be purer, or you have to be this, or you have to be that. Yeah? And of course, the enemy grabs a hold of that and just has an absolute field day. Going, yeah, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. Whereas for the Christian, it is finished. It's done. There's, there's nothing to achieve. There's, there's nothing to gain his favor. It is all just finished. Hallelujah. Yeah. I was thinking, I wonder how many people get to the end of their life because Jesus said it's finished. In that he was saying, I've perfectly completed everything God wanted me to do. I wonder how many people go to their grave going, I've perfectly completed everything I had to do. (laughs) There's nothing left on the list. There's there's no to-do list. There's nothing. (laughs) He's the only one, isn't he? He's the only one in all human history that's put up his hand and said, it's done. I've finished it. I've not only finished it, but I've finished it. Perfectly, and you find a couple of scriptures for that. John 4:34 says, "My food," said Jesus, "is to do the will of Him who sent me, and to what finish His work." And then John chapter 19, a little bit later, he says, "After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, He'd done it, He'd done it, He'd done it, He'd done it." And it, another, another fascinating thing about those words: it is finished. When he said those words, he was the only one on earth who knew what those words meant. He's the only one. He's he's on the cross saying it's finished, (laughs) you know. and People had their own thoughts there, didn't they, you know. I'm, I'm sure Pilate was there going, it is finished. Oh, thank goodness. Peace is finally coming to Jerusalem, you know. We can get back to some normality of life. And I'm sure all those religious leaders would have gone, oh, thank goodness we are rid of him. It's done. It's finished. Yeah. And what about the disciples? You know, I, I imagine I imagine that they were there going, it's finished. We had these hopes, these dreams, these expectations, but it's finished. It's finished. It's done. It's finished. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. Yeah. And, and what, about, what, about, what about Satan, you know? What was he thinking at the time? Was he thinking it's finished? I've won? I don't know. We, 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 it's, you're trying to imagine in the mind, you know, was it finished? It's done? Yeah. But again, Jesus wasn't saying I am finished. He is saying it is finished. And so three days later, Resurrection Sunday, <laughs> he rose again. Not finished at all. And and in, in my mind, my the here, I'm kind of going, actually, you know, he could have said, in, could have said it on the cross as well. You know, it is finished, and he could have said to Satan, you know what, you are finished. You are finished. Your power and control and rule of the world is finished, and it is broken. Okay, so let's dig a little bit then into this whole concept. It is finished. Um, So in our English, we have those three words, whereas in the original text in the Greek, they had a single word, and it's... I'm not even going to pronounce it... Tell Lester tell Teleste, tell Teleste. And that's okay. We, we know the word that we're talking about. Um, yeah. It was a really common word. It was a, a common word in common day usage. So it, it it's used in a whole range of circumstances on the day. So if a servant had um, completed the list of tasks their master had given them, they'd come back and say, Teleste, or however you pronounce it. We'll just say it's finished. He'd come back and say, it is finished, it's finished, what you've asked me to do is completed, it's done, yeah? Um, There was the judicial sense, so if a prisoner had served his time, he would go before the judge and the judge would stamp his documents saying, it is finished, he served his time, it is done. There was an accounting sense um, to certify that a debt had been paid in full, so If you owed someone some money or you paid for some goods, you'd go before the accountant and he'd stamp your paperwork, it is finished. It is finished. It's been paid in full. The priest would use it. So, um, you know how in the Old Testament there were all the sacrifices? You know, if you had a child, you had to come and bring two pigeons. If you couldn't afford a lamb, etc., for the the sacrifice for the birth of your child. Yeah. Well, the priest would use this word. You know, when when the sacrifice was complete, when he was satisfied... He'd go, "It is finished. It is done. It is finished." And uh, the, the final final, final um, uh, picture, if you like, of the use of this word we're going to look at today is that of an artist. I, I was watching the news the other day and they were interviewing an artist and the artist said to the sorry the, the interviewer said to the artist, "You know, how do you know when it's finished?" And I can't remember his exact answer, but it was something like, you know, you can always do more with a painting, but you reach this point where you know, that's it, that's it. And so again, the artist would stand back and go, it is finished, it is done. Now, all of these common usages all apply to Jesus. So that's what we're going to go through today. We're going to look at all of these things and just looking at that whole concept of how do they apply to Jesus. So, Jesus was a servant of the Lord. So as a servant of the Lord, he was the one who fulfilled what God had promised. So in the Old Testament, we've got 380 or more prophecies, all talking about the Messiah, all talking about what God was going to do through the servant of the Lord, through this Messiah when he came. And all of those 380 have all been fulfilled in Jesus. So we've got a bit of scripture today. So it's going to be coming up on the screen. So let's look at that in scripture. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 44, it said, He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of the Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And over in 2 Corinthians, it says, For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ, with a resounding yes through Christ. Our amen, which means yes, ascends to the glory of God. But that scripture really is just talking about the fact that Christ fulfilled all of those promises that God had may, so he ticks that first box that of the servant the servant of the lord who fulfilled everything god had promised and so on the cross he can say it's done it's finished as the servant of the lord talking to his father to his master the, the second sense we have there is in a legal sense a legal sense and i guess i guess this is the one that kind of excites us at least in part because you know we were facing a sentence that we could never pay and um, this is a bit heavy so we're just going to talk about this for a moment in a legal sense jesus satisfied what god's justice required now now maybe this is a new concept for you maybe hitting sitting here today going what's he talking about well just a really brief summary and this is a massive topic in itself so in four sentences we're not going to do this topic justice but if you want a quick summary of it in the beginning, God had a covenant with mankind. It was very simple. He's saying, I will be their God and they will be my people. Both parties signed up to the agreement. Problem was, mankind was unfaithful in keeping their part of the promise. We know that. We know that story. yeah. Unfortunately, because it was a covenant sworn before God, the penalty for breaking the covenant was death. And before it was broken, that was known. God said to Adam, Adam, you know, in the day you sin, you die. So in response to the covenant being broken, someone had to die. But of course, we know that it was God himself who said, well, if someone's got to die, if someone's got to pay the price, then that's going to be me. So in that, Jesus came and satisfied what God's justice required. So let's read some scriptures. Romans chapter 8. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Isn't that true? So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirements of the law could be fully satisfied for us. Who no longer follow the sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. So God's justice demanded accountability, and in Jesus that is fully satisfied. If you want another scripture for that, Romans chapter 5 says, consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one act, one righteous act, just resulted in justification for the life of all people people and the third sense then and i know this is a bit technical i know it's a bit uh technical but it's what we celebrate today the risen lord it's done it's finished we're never going to have to come under that and i guess for us it's personal in that we've lived in a religion that was all bound in rules and what you had to do and what you could never achieve but in jesus these things have all been finished for us so the third sense there is an accounting sense And the counting sense is that he paid the debt that we owed that we know we could never have paid. So Colossians. It was interesting. I want to put this message together and look back. So many of the scriptures came from Colossians. So if you want a a book to read over this next week as you're thinking about Easter and as you're thinking about resurrection and what Jesus has done, have a read of Colossians because it's just this wonderful picture of what Jesus has achieved for us. Okay, Colossians chapter 2. When you were dead in your sins and in the circumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You know, um, I'm not sure if you watched any real estate prices or auctions or anything recently, but. The real estate market's just going through the roof. And so I guess, you know, in my mind I'm thinking, gee, you know, young families trying to get into the market today, you know, and the amount they have to borrow and what they have to do, the indebtedness that comes upon them, yeah? But what this is saying is, you know, one of these young people who have really mortgaged many years of their life to purchase that house, yeah? And gets a phone call from ANZ, you know? They answer the phone and, and ANZ are saying to them, guess what, your debt's been canceled, it's done. Finished. You don't have to pay another cent. Not another cent. It's done. It's finished. And of course, Russell was a debt that we know we could never have paid. At least over time, they could work away their debt. But really, that's the picture here. You know. And and uh, I don't know. Have you ever had a phone call like that from ANZ? I think it's probably unlikely to come. But here we have it from Jesus, Colossians again. His Son paid the price to free us, which means that our sins are forgiven the fourth thing here that we're going to look at is um his high priestly role the fulfilling perfectly of his high priestly role and just an aside here one of the other ways that this word was used was in battle when they got to the battle and it was completed when the last enemy soldier was defeated when he'd fallen when the last had surrendered and taken, take, been taken as prisoner, when there were no more battles to fight, yeah, when they could put their swords in the ground, they'd cry out this term, it is finished, it is finished, it is finished, the battle is done. And this is very much a picture of the cross. And for them when they heard that cry, because that would have been a cry that would have gone right across the camp, yeah, when they heard that cry, they knew that that was then the time to occupy and plunder. Yeah, so you get the picture. Yeah, the battle cry went up. Well, now it's time to go out, occupy and plunder, and and that's what God wants us to do as Christians. You know, anywhere where the enemy has had that hole in our life, yeah, <laughs> we can sound this cry. Yeah, it is finished. Yeah, so we're not in the season of the battle. Jesus did that on the cross. We're in the season of the occupy and plunder. Yeah, so let's occupy and plunder. So in that sense, let's let's then look at these. Next two, Jesus' perfect sacrifice, because we're talking about his his completely fulfilling, finishing the work of the high priestly role. Jesus' perfect sacrifice defeated the power of sin and death. I'll read that again. Jesus' perfect sacrifice defeated, defeated the power of sin and death. Let's read. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it. We live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. And in Hebrews, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. Not only as a human being, for only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil Who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as a slave to fear and dying. Yeah. And the second part of this, which is really, really cool, is he destroyed Satan's power over us. He destroyed Satan's power over us. It is finished. It is done. It is complete. Again, in Colossians. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. And my my, my current favorite scripture, I've got a few, but my current favorite scripture is again in Colossians. And it just simply says, I am hid with Christ in God. Yeah? The the enemy can't get me. The enemy can't get me. I am hid with Christ in God. That's, That's a pretty good person to be sitting alongside, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty pretty. Pretty powerful warrior there, yeah. I am hid with Christ in God. And if you want another one then for disarming the spiritual rulers, Colossians chapter 2. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. And the final one, the final one, and I, I love this one. Like a great artist, he painted for us the perfect picture of the father yeah we know that's true don't we we know that when jesus was on earth he would say things like i don't do anything i don't do anything of my own i simply do what my father wants me to do in fact i don't say anything that's my own i'm simply saying what the father wants me to say and it's really only in the garden of gethsemane where you don't see any separation from that at all where, where jesus um if you like um Uh, shows his own personality, his own identity in it, saying, really, Lord? (laughs) Really, Lord? You know, all the rest of the time, you don't even see him. He's just doing the Father's work. And it's, it's, it's like the work of a great master, yeah, where he's painted this masterpiece. And then Jesus stands back and says, it is finished. Lord, I couldn't have done any better. You know, there's nothing to add to this picture. The picture is complete. The picture of you is complete it is glorious and really he's signing it saying you know if people can't read the gospels and get it then they're not going to get it because there's no higher there's no higher revelation and of course through the cross it's a revelation of god's love for us his work for us and his work in us yeah So so I know this has all been a bit technical today as we've been looking at uh, this picture of the cross. But but one thing we're doing here is we're laying a foundation. We're laying a foundation. You know, God God wants to do a work in Redcliffe. He wants to do a work in this church. And it's, it's, it's 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 a season between seasons. You know, we've had a great season, which is great. And there have been awesome, you know, churches like Hillsong that have done mighty things, all those things. But we've come into this... Hiatus. We've come into this lull, you know, where that last season's kind of come to a close, and a new season is opening up. So I believe God's just getting us to lay again a fresh foundation of these things, and the foundation we're laying today is that it is finished. So I don't know. You talk to me later if this is not you, but maybe it's because we came out of a religion that was all based around what you had to do, but. This has been such a challenge for me as a Christian, not to strive, not to get caught up in the doing. And so I've probably been a Christian since, what, 86, so what's that, 35 years? Yeah? But it's still a challenge. I still, I still find God tapping me on the shoulder, going, stop it, you're striving, stop it, you're striving, yeah? Now, is that just me? Does anyone else, does anyone else, bat- yeah? Okay, so, so, okay, so I'm not alone. So the three of us over this side <laughs> also battle with that issue yeah and so today today let's just determine our heart afresh that when he steps us on the shoulder and he says stop striving (laughs) uh i'll tell you one quick funny story we've got plenty of time um you you know you know that scripture be still and know that i am god yeah well um helen had this really nice um uh, new american standard version of the bible and it was a lovely bible it was just, just nice, it's just the wording of it was just great. It was just one of those Bibles you could really get into and just love. And I might have, I might even have had it at work one day, I can't remember. And uh, in it, in it, it doesn't say be still and know I am God, it, it says stop striving for I am God. Yeah, and, and and I was just you know how you kind of casually read the scripture and you're not really reading it or whatever. And and when I read that scripture, I wasn't really paying attention, or whatever. But it was almost like this hand came out and slapped me, you know? And I'm going, stop striving! And, and, you know, you kind of get get hit back, you know. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Sorry, we got completely off track here. Hey, just I'll just tell you one, one other quick story. So, um, it, it's amazing, isn't it, how God will chase you, you know? Even though when Helen first met me and I was probably 23 or something like that, and yes, I wasn't interested in God all at that time. But there are all those times that, God has chased you through your life. And when I first heard that scripture, stop striving. And God still speaks to, to me today. So I don't know, maybe I'm a bit deaf. I don't know. Or maybe maybe it's just maybe it's just maybe it's just how I'm wired and you know, maybe it's just something that God really wants. Yeah. But the the very first time I heard the voice of God, He spoke that scripture to me. Yeah. And um, the, the story was I would have been about um, I don't know, probably ten years old. And um so it was a hand-me-down, so it was a second hand, but I was given this really nice cricket bat and a, and a, and a leather-case ball. Now, I'd never had a leather-case ball before. Now, you guys are all sitting here going, oh, that stuff's all run in the mill today. Why would that be a special? But, but, but a long, long time ago when I was 10, for me, that was special. And, and who remembers the Terry Armour cricket bats? Yeah, okay. So, Tony, up the front. Pretty special, hey. So, it was a Terry Armour cricket bat with a leather-case ball, Yeah. So I thought I was pretty cool. The neighbourhood kids came over, you know, to play and I was showing off and uh, one of them them bowled this ball down and I did this big, you know, cover drive, whatever, and not that I was a brilliant cricketer or whatever, but this ball disappeared into the bush next door and it was like all those ferny things and it was really thick and, you know, this was the first time we'd used this cricket ball and bat and so I was pretty cut, you know. We searched that garden, couldn't find it and it was the next day or the day after I was still searching for this ball and I just reached the point of frustration couldn't find it 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 and uh (laughs) I'm just sitting there more frustrated than anything and I just hear this voice it wasn't an audible voice I just hear this thing in my heart be still and know that I am God yeah so here's this little 10 year old in a non-christian home yeah yeah and I parted the bushes in front of me and there's this cricket ball sitting right there yeah yeah and so that was the first time yeah (laughs) so I'm not the only one that God's saying to today I don't believe be still and know that I am God it is finished it is done you can never add anything to it you're never going to change it the devil is defeated it doesn't matter how loud he roars it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter how often he reminds you of your sin and all that sort of thing sin and death are done they are defeated they will never keep us from the presence of God they will never do any of those things. <laughs> and uh, I love this next scripture. And um, uh, just for Amy, we've got it out of the Message Bible today. I think that's Amy's favourite one. I'm not sure. But anyway. So let's pop it up there. Yeah. Saving us is all his idea. Whose idea? His. And all his work. Whose worth? Who's worth? his all we have to do is trust him enough to let him do it it's what god's gift it's god's gift from start to finish sorry i'm being a bit cheeky there i think um i think the game you might have had someone uh say to her one time that the message bible isn't such a bible doesn't isn't such a fantastic translation but I love that translation. I just love that. I love that translation of that verse. And it just so encapsulates that whole thing. So um, if you're new here today, we, we, do, this, we do this every, every, every Sunday. We, we just um, offer people an opportunity to step into their own relationship with God. It's just what we do. And so, so, so for Helen and I, we were in our early 20s. And it was chalk and cheese. You know, one day we're not a Christian <laughs> and none of this really made sense. And then the next day we're Christians. And you go, oh my goodness, look at this. Jesus died for me. And it just makes sense. So if we can just bow our heads just for a moment. Um, on this Easter, Easter Sunday, you know, is there anyone here with us today who would like to today um, take your own step towards coming into a relationship with Him? And I'm just going to ask you to give me a wave if that's you, if you'd like to do that. And we're not going to embarrass you, but we will pray for you. As a congregation, we'll just lead you in a prayer just to receive him for yourself. And look, we're not going to drag this out. We're not going to delay it. Um, But we just want to give you a moment. If that's you, if you're here today, and it it is lovely to see you all here today. It's great. Thank you for making the effort of coming out. Yeah. No, that's okay. Look, we're not going to drag it out. But, um, you know, um, we've done some technical stuff today. So I know that's a bit dry. But we're laying a foundation. We're laying a foundation of what he has done. And there's no other foundation other than Jesus that the church can be built on. Yeah. So, so please stay. We'd love you to stay. And uh, we, we don't have a coffee machine fired up today, but we can get you uh, just a free copy. And we'd love just to take a moment just to hear your story and to get you to, to know you a little bit better.